This episode is brought to you by Smart Notary University, the ultimate collection of educational content that teaches the everyday person how to start and grow their notary business as a notary public loan signing agent. This collection includes the quick step guide to becoming a notary signing agent, Stamper Loan Closing Workshop, Smart Notary Money, the hybrid model course, the Stamper Notary Checklist. And as an added value, you'll receive an exclusive invite to join the Stamper community. It's a global network of notaries that creates opportunities through collaboration. To join, visit our website at www.smartnotaryuniversity.com. Again, that's www.smartnotaryuniversity.com. Now you're now tuned in with the Stamper Podcast. Let's get it. Welcome to the Stamper Podcast. This is episode 13, episode James Harden. And we got a special guest in the building, a brother who I've been want to sit down with a very polished brother who I've been on the mastermind call with. We got brother Yusef in the building. What's going on, Yusef? Peace, peace, man. How you feeling? Man, I can't complain, man. You know, just dealing with the, the daily ins and outs of the notary business, you know, on the grind always. All right, all right. Yeah, so uh, so what we do, what we like to do is we like to highlight the Black entrepreneur. We like to highlight uh, just your journey, how you got into doing what you're doing. So that way, uh, whoever the audience that's listening to this, they can gain inspiration from what you're doing and say, you know what, if he can do it, I get the same, those same, those, those same principles and mindset and the, the grind to get to it and make it happen. So just starting off, man, how would like to start off with just introduce yourself, just give a little background about yourself and then we're going to dive deeper. Okay. Uh, so as you mentioned, my name is Yusef uh, Sharif Wilson. Um, originally from Philadelphia, current resident of uh, New York City, Harlem, NYC. And um, I mean, how, how, how extensive of a background you want me to go into? Uh, man, just, just, talk about your, uh, just talk about your journey in entrepreneurship, how you got to where you at in life. Okay. Um, so my journey into entrepreneurship, man, um, I would say I, I, I probably, it was something that I, I, I stumbled into, if you will. Uh, so my, com- my company uh, is a real estate investing company. Okay. And how I got there was, so my background is in law. My, my, my current day-to-day is in law. And um, I came across real estate. Okay, let me back up. So I, I actually, I purchased my first, real estate uh my first property back in uh 2009 and i bought it retail it wasn't via investments um an investment uh, strategy or approach and in that in the process of that i started interacting with you know as i'm interacting with these contractors i'm interacting with other investors this was in philadelphia that i bought the property uh and i bought it as an investment property so for the purpose of being able to rent it out I just came across a community of people who were leveraging real estate to build wealth. And prior to that, I never, I never really approached real estate from a wealth building perspective. You know what I mean? Like real estate has always been part of like that, the American dream, like you, you, you own a home and, um, like that's, that's, that's sort of the end all be all right. Like go to school, get a good job. You buy a house in the burbs, 2.5 kids, two-car garage, white picket fence. So it's just yep. part of the American dream. But actually, when I when I when I bought it, it was for the purpose because I was living in New York at the time. 
I knew I, I was going to be renting it out, but I still didn't have the perspective of like, wow, real estate can really be a vehicle um, to, to build wealth. And I started coming across people who were doing it in ways that are beyond my imagination. Mm -hmm. And um, so from then on, I think the seed was planted, you know, for me to move in the direction of, of, of leveraging real estate uh, as a means of building wealth. Yeah, that's dope. Talk about uh, the mind shift change that you need, that the mind shift change when, once you did come across, when you, once you did realize that, okay, real estate, this is a wealth building tool that I can use to not only create generational wealth for my family, but for my, myself in general. So just talk about that mind shift change that you got once you did realize it's like, oh, this is something that I could really use to my, not only to my, to my benefit, but to my family as well. Yeah, man, you know, <clears throat> that mind shift, that, that mind shift dynamic that you're talking about, is, is, is one that is, is, it's like a lifelong process. It's like, I'm constantly, I mean, you know, man, we in a, the mastermind and, and every other week, you know, there's gems or insights or perspectives that we are able to, to download or have access to that, that they now change the trajectory of our, of our journeys. Uh, for yes. example, that, I don't know if you remember the sister, I forgot her name, man, but who owns the banks in Detroit. Um, yeah. And, I and her name. yeah, I forgot her name. I think it was Shannon something, but, but the idea, like she was just so casual with it. She's like, yeah, uh, you know, she owns like three banks. She was about to buy a casino and she was, you know, look, owns uh, uh, some multifamily properties, like apartment complexes. And, and so even to this day, man, I'm still, you know, experiencing downloads or expansions that are just widening my, my perspective. On, yeah. on, on being able to optimize my, my, my life, optimize my existence. And so, but in that regard, in that particular circumstance, as it related to the, uh, the property, again, man, I, I don't know if I can point to any one thing to, to say that this served as the catalyst, but it was probably just an accumulation of, of, of experiences that led me to be able to you know, hone in on that opportunity and then seek to leverage it. But um, I will say that it was it was game changing to the extent that, um, again, it just changed the trajectory of my life. So from that, you know, I began to explore other things and explore other things. So my which brings you just to a point of a perspective of just having like such a wide perspective or landscape to be able to see that otherwise you 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 can miss, you know, yeah. like I, I see people sometimes and, and um, I, I think, like, I think that sometimes we go through our lives, man, and we never come across certain perspectives that could have allowed us to, to access higher versions of ourselves or, or access a greater portion of, 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 of our potential. Mm -hmm. And, um, yeah, man, like that's, you know, that's just a, that's just a, something I'm always mindful of, man. Like, you know, what am I missing? What, what, what opportunities am I missing to grow or expand? So. Mm -hmm. I, I appreciate you for sharing that because I mean, that's something that I've dealt with, you know, what can I do to elevate to the next level? You know, we always think about, you know, what can we do to work on the craft? What can we do to get better at, in business? But it always, but, it, we, but we never think about widening our mindset, shifting our perspective as the reason why are we doing what we're doing? What's the outcome for doing what we're doing? 
and pretty much while we wake up in the morning to do what we do initially you know we all got a family we got somebody that love us we got we all got our why as to why we're doing what we want to do and so i appreciate you appreciate you for sharing that and so you did mention you was in law school right so uh, well, well, I know, I know we've, we talked, uh, off, you know, offline, you know, about your uh, law school experience, but can you talk about what pushed you towards, what pushed you going, what pushed you towards, like, who was the driving force behind you, behind you going into law school? Oh, man, you know, um, so, so that's sort of a, that's sort of a more extended journey there. Uh, so law school came about, man, in the short, in the shorter range of things, it was it was a default choice. Mm-hmm. But in a in a in a more holistic view, um, when I was in Philly, so uh, my mom used to play. My mom's a chess player, and uh, she used to play chess with oh. this sister down the street. Her name was yeah. Karen, and Karen was in a, uh, she was in law school at the University of Pennsylvania, which is an Ivy League school yeah. out here, one of the most prominent schools. Uh, not only on the East Coast, but in the country. And um, yeah, and I remember at a very, very, very young age, she was like, she used to call me Master Wilson. Um, and and she said that, uh, she was like, yeah, he's, I can't remember if she said he's gonna be a lawyer or, but but in my memory, I have some, 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 some association of her instilling into me that notion, at least that's the earliest memory that comes that comes to mind. Mm-hmm. Um, so that seed was planted. Yeah. Fast forward through school, you know, I never did well in school. Like academically, I, I was always challenged. I tested well. Yeah. Um, like I would always test high, but then I would I would be placed in these highly or advanced classes. Then after mm-hmm. two weeks, they'd be like, "Nah, he ain't, that ain't it." Like, you know what I mean? They take me out yeah. of, out of these classes. So. I always had a stigma about myself, like that I wasn't smart or that I, I didn't have intelligence as it relate related to my peers. So this was, so mind you, all of that lawyer stuff was just sort of in me, if you will. Like it wasn't because it didn't seem, it didn't seem possible based off of how I was existing in the world. Yeah. So middle school, uh, uh, junior high, my mom, we moved down to Florida. Same thing though. My, my, I was still, I was always struggling in school academically um, mm-hmm. or I would do okay. You know, so I would either just get by or I was struggling. Yeah. And uh, even through high school, high school, I had to, I had to go to night school and day school just to graduate on time with my class. Like yeah. that's how, that's how poor academically I was doing. Mm-hmm. And I was also getting in trouble and I mean, nothing crazy, but you know, I was getting suspended a lot, just sort of on my on my rebellious type tip. Yeah. So, so in in high school, we had in my high school we had three tracks. Um, they had the general track, uh, the uh, college preparatory track, and vocational track. So my guidance counselor he looked at me, and based off of my performance, he was like, "Man, just do general, get your diploma, and then just you know get out my face type deal." Yeah. And, um, you know, I'm deferring to his 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 wisdom and his knowledge. And I'm like, OK, whatever. I didn't protest. I didn't. And. Um, I, you know, I, I eventually graduated high school. Now, again, I didn't even see myself going to college. I didn't see there was no I had no plan. Yeah. And fortunately, uh, I had a mentor at the time 
because I was I was part of a, a program. Uh, it was called the Tampa Bay Mail Club, and they mm-hmm. played uh, a, a prominent uh, business, a black businessman, a black men's group, black men's yep. professionals group. And I was paired, and they were basically working with at-risk students. I was a, considered an at-risk student at the time uh, with these different business people in the community. And so my mentor, Gregory Glore, he was, you know, when I graduated, he was like, so what are you going to do now? I said, I don't know, because I almost went into the military, right? That's how they they get us. They look for people who don't have a plan, who don't have any direction. So I was like, I don't know. And he said, well, why don't you, you know, go to community college? And um, I went to community college. I swear, I'm going to tie this all in, right? It's it's, it's significant because, again, I, I had no, on a conscious level, I had no connectivity to to law school, but yes. that seed was still was still in, in me. But um, I went to community college and I had a professor, uh, Professor Everett, and this is a bad brother. He was, he was my English professor. He went to um, Morehouse yeah. and I, he would always say to me, he's like, you seem like a Morehouse man. You seem like a Morehouse man. And she, you know, she considered going to Morehouse. And I fell in love with learning and, and I fell in love with, my intelligent self. Like I was able to then acknowledge that I had a level of intelligence that was on par and or beyond how I had perceived the intelligence of other people to have. Yeah. You see me? So um, as an English major or as, in his class, he was a large influence on me becoming an English major. So when I transferred out of community college, I didn't have enough, I didn't have enough um, uh, of the high school work to go straight to a four-year university. I had to go to community college. And even there, again, those same patterns, I was struggling, you know, uh, I, I was doing okay. Like it took me three years to do a two-year program, right? Um, so I went to I went to University of South Florida, and then I declared um, myself as an, uh, an English literature major. Mm-hmm. And so for from for English, um, you know, most people either becoming an academic. Some people do politics, but a good portion of English majors end up going to law school. Yeah. Now, mind you, when I was an English major my two pathways at the time that I was considering was um, one to become an academic. Like I, I literally was considering going to um, into academia mm-hmm. uh, and, and go to grad school, do the whole PhD route, you know, bell hooks who just passed was uh, one of the people who was really inspiring, inspirational in terms of me having that desire. And then the other one was film. I was, I wanted to explore film. And um, I, I, I completed my, my English program and um, I, I became jaded with becoming an academic just because I, I recognized that the, all of the things that as an English major, I respected and appreciated and that, and that we used to critique. Cause one of, the, one of the amazing things about being an English major is that you learn to think critically and analytically. Mm-hmm. And it's one of the sort of, it's, it's, it's probably one of the most beneficial aspects of being an English major that I feel like I received. 
like my ability to just think critically and analytically. Mm -hmm. And so, but I became jaded because I was just like, yo, they got the same bureaucratic dynamics within these, these academic departments as they do in the world that is that we criticize, right? So I was like, ah, nah, English is not gonna work. And so film was next, but yeah. I needed to pursue a graduate program. So I ended up uh, I ended up moving to France uh, for a year uh, because I, I when I was in um, in my undergrad in my junior year I did a study abroad in London. It was my first time outside of the country, and mm -hmm. I did six months over there. And so when I came back, so before I graduated, like I knew I wanted to continue my sort of international experience, but also wanted to continue my, my career slash academic journey, whatever that was gonna be. Mm -hmm. So the plan was to go to France and then do a graduate program in film. Um, so I got the first half of it right. Like I went to France, but the second half of it was that I didn't, I did it, the part that I didn't fulfill at that at that time was um I didn't because <clears throat> I didn't um do the the program uh in film because in in France at least at the time you could go to the Sorbonne for like the equivalent of like seven hundred dollars a year like they don't have all of that all the student loan madness that we have here with people walking out with mortgages and all that yeah. they don't have none of that over there right yeah and then that's again I'm I'm that's that's not to put that's not to say it's a it's a utopia over there because they got their bullshit too. Yeah, my fault, man. I'm All right, like, you good. You good. <laughs> good. All right. They they got their stuff too. You know what I mean? Yeah. But but in terms of that that part of it, they got it right. Like if you don't go to school over there, it's because you didn't want to go. Yeah. Um. So I was over there for a year, kicked it, and and I, I you know traveled again. I was expanding, getting amazing downloads. <laughs> And I was missing my family, you know, I didn't factor that part of it into it. And, um, and I also was like, okay, I was starting to feel wayward. Like I, I knew I still had more to go. So I came back to the US and I was like, all right, I gotta figure out what's next. And I, I came back to law school at that moment, just because I was connected to um, a lot of, social justice um issues especially in, in 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 undergrad like i was you know doing amnesty international africana <laughs> studies club we were doing like a lot of community-based things initiatives so i was i was the, the, the social justice aspects of it was was what drew me um in terms of like okay well i can go to law school johnny cochran i was like i could be a criminal defense attorney and then you know uh be the be a, be a, be the man a champion for the people the underserved yeah. you know what I mean yeah and um yeah that was to to, to answer your question that was, that was a short version but yeah. um <laughs> that was that was that was the catalyst at the time yeah one thing I want to highlight is you had you had a a prominent individual who planted that seed. Yeah. Early on, and I and I, I talk about this uh, in, in the show where it's important to have people that's in your circle, like the like you got to have a village. It takes a village, right? Yeah, you 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 can only listen to your mom and your pop so much. At some point, you go tune them out. You gonna have your uncle that comes in, or your auntie that come in, or that family friend who you just who who when you always come across them, they always got a lot of gems, a lot of game to give you, and that's and that stuff stays with you for the rest of your life. 
Absolutely. And it's just like at key points, like you said, in your life where, like I said, you might, you might not have been thinking about law school, but you always had that because your, your mom's friend planted that seed in your mind. He's like, you know what? This might her calling me Master Wilson. Maybe this is something I need to go into. You know, what, what doors can be open from, from joining this program and what else can I, can, can I explore with this? And you being able to go over to France, you being able to uh, look into, the, looking at, into different initiatives for the, for the African-American community. I mean, I mean, just I mean, just so much that could be born just from planting seed in your mind, right? So, yeah. what I definitely want to tap into is obviously you doing real estate, right? So, you also mentioned something that caught my attention when you say you was an academia major or you was an English major, right? Yeah, English literature. And it's that taught you it, it, it taught you the ability to critically critically think. Yeah. Now, business we we get we get we get hit from all angles. You know, you got to make decisions quick. You got to be right on point. Can you talk about how your critical, how how you how leveraging those critical thinking skills uh, helped you helped you in your uh, journey as far as real estate goes, to be able to close that first deal? Yeah, you know, um, so so, and I never even thought about it like that. But entrepreneurship is probably, I, I, I would at least from from where I'm standing right now, probably one of the greatest, or offers one of the greatest mediums to cultivate critical and analytical thinking because like to your point you got to be able to i mean you bait who was it dame dash on it on yep. the dame dash had um his his audiobook is called culture vultures yep. that he did with kenyatta griggs yep. and he said business is solving problems he's like if you're not solving problems you're not in you're not doing business yeah so you're constantly problem solving right and most it's not too many mediums that will avail us to that opportunity to do so you know yep. what i mean um yeah you got like some of the humanities like i said critically think but even that that's within like a controlled environment right yeah. so if i gotta dissect a, a a poem ain't nobody hurt ain't no money loss you yeah. know i don't have to worry about like food not being placed on the table or whatnot but in a as, a as an entrepreneur you know your the impact from your decisions can have real life consequences and so i think it just causes one to be a lot more those skill sets that are cultivated i mean that like you, you can't you can't unlearn that stuff you, yeah. know, you know what i'm saying like it comes yeah. to you so um i would say that that the the correlation between because law school was just an extension of that you know what yeah. i mean so so I, I cultivated these, the, the, the ability to think critically and analytically, uh, definitely from my, my English program, but law school like took that to times 10, right? But even that still to me is secondary to the critical and analytical skills that are cultivated organically through yeah. the process of doing business because you learn it, you know, you learn how to read people you're learning how to do it in real life. And though these are all academically um, secluded environments, right? So yeah. all of the all of that brilliance and all of that stuff, like it's great within that paradigm. But with entrepreneurship, you in the real world. Yeah. You know, when you leave, when you leave the school, if you haven't learned how to deal with people, you could get got. You could yeah. be somebody's victim in yeah. some way, shape, form, or fashion. So with entrepreneurship. I think it gives you like just a holistic ability to to problem solve, 
to read people. You got to be able to establish rapport. You got to be able to identify, you know, what's going to be optimal, what's going to be a liability or what could be an asset. Um, so in that regard, man, you know, they, how they say real estate is a contact sport and I'm, you know, I'm still, I'm still very, very young in my journey, but, um, even now, well, I'll, I'll give an example the, the, the process of uh, rejection and cold calling. Yeah. That in and of itself, man, like to this day, I still get a knot in my chest. I got to pick up when I, so uh, Mojo Dollar is like a dollar that uh, yeah. they can call multiple people. So you see on the screen, um, you know, when like somebody picks up. And that knot is, is, is always there. And I've heard that it stays there, but you just have an ability to, you know, continue forward, forward otherwise. Yep. Um, but that's been one of probably one of my greatest um, benefits engaging in that process of lead, lead generation, having yep. to walk through that, walk through that rejection because getting them doors slammed in your face is not fun. You know not at I mean? all. It's not for the, and it's not for the faint of heart. And sometimes, you know, I've, I've done, I was working with an investor uh, some time ago here in New York. I've done door knocking in Brooklyn. I'm door knocking in Bed-Stuy. I'm door knocking on people's um, uh, homes who are about to lose their properties for foreclosure. This was, these were pre-foreclosure leads, right? Yes. So these are not people who just got property sitting around and they don't yes. mind you. These are people who, you know, they, six nine months behind and then you come knocking on their door asking if they open to selling their property and you know sometimes you can get a violent reaction from that yeah, like, yeah. like yo what but that experience again i wouldn't have traded it for the world because <clears throat> yeah man that process and the, the 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 critical and analytical skill set that is cultivated you don't know who's going to be on the other side of the door and what kind of what kind of tone, what kind of temperament, what kind of posture they're going to have. So you yeah. got to be emotionally calibrated to handle whatever it comes, because it could be yeah. any number of, of, of possibilities, but yeah. also just even identifying how to be able to provide value to those people, how to identify being able to, to, to help them uh, through their situations. Um, the rejection. Uh, you know, the cultivating, being able to be persistent because the yeah. rejections add up. Most, most of us, we're not built to, 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 to our, our mind keeps us in our comfort zone. So we're not built to um, take rejection over and over and over and over and over again. We're like, man, I'll just, hey, I'll just do this nine to five and, and, and stay safe and stay comfortable. Yep. So, um, so yeah, that's, 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 that's just sort of, I guess, one, one example of, of, ways that I've been able to cultivate uh, those, that skill set, if you will. I appreciate you for sharing that, man, because real estate, I don't care what you're doing. If you, if, if you if, if, real estate is a great way to build thick skin because you don't get told no. <laughs> man, I, I think I've told, I've told my story uh, over, uh, over, over the previous episodes, but man, I tried to do a wholesaling like four or four, I think what, four years ago. And I'm thinking this is one one of them games where I could just hook up with somebody, you know, and they give me the game. And they, uh, I came across this dude. I had this brother who introduced me to the business. He pretty much, and I was asking him how to, he said he made his first, he made 20000 on the deal. And I'm like, how you do that if you don't own the house? So he breaks down how they, how, what wholesaling is and everything. I asked him, how can I get started? He was like, look, 
fine. I want you to drive around, find a hundred houses, and you're gonna call those people. If you're able to get, if you're able to get those people who's interested in setting, uh, setting up a deal, give me a call. It's like, okay, cool. Now, I, 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 I didn't know what I was in for. I didn't really know what I was in for. Well, you know, you like, cause you know, once you first start cold calling, that phone is very heavy. That, that phone is <laughs> that phone is very heavy. It's right, the right. Thing, right, right. So you picking up that phone? Yeah, I'm, my my fingers is like uh, shaking as I'm I'm pressing the, uh, pressing the numbers of dial. And yeah. man, once you get that, who is this? You're like, uh, 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 right. Click. Right. And so I mean, that's I mean, man, I mean, I've I mean, I've done hundreds of phone calls. Never closed any deals, but but what I learned from that is I was able to build thicker skin. I know how to handle the nose much better. I was I was able to be in better control of my emotions. Because yeah. one thing about it, you can't take it personal. Right. How are you gonna get mad at somebody don't want to sell you their house? Why are you mad at somebody hung up in your face? And right. a lot of that stuff, we know when we tie it getting hung up in our face, we tie that to like our girl hanging up on our face, like, oh, you got me messed up. What are you what are you doing that for? Or just you know, family members, you know, you get into a dispute. But when it comes to business, you gotta wash all that out. Right. You can't take that personal. You got to build thick skin. You got to get alligator skin. You got to be able to handle those uh, handle those objections. And then a lot of that stuff, what I learned, I was able to translate those same skills into my notary business, whether I was doing life insurance, whether I was in another business where, I, you know, you can't be afraid to knock on those doors because yeah. because at the end of the day, if you have a business, you're going to have to walk into a nursing home, especially for your notaries that's listening. You're going to have to walk into a nursing home to introduce yourself. You are going to have to reach out to people on LinkedIn, cold, and just introduce yourself, whether it's on a phone call, whether it's through a messenger. Now, you right. got to be, be able to do all that stuff. And if right. you're not doing that stuff now, try try cold calling. See, yeah. see where you're at in about in six months. You'll be a whole new person just, be, just, yeah. just from the frustration that you get from people telling you no, hanging up on your face, and just not responding back to you in general. So I appreciate you for sharing that because, man... I was just thinking about that, thinking about those days and that journey. And yeah, door knocking, that is not for the faint of heart. I've knocked on five doors. After yeah. that, I said, I'm, that's it. Yeah. So I can only imagine what those solar guys be doing. They be knocking on doors like damn near every day. Kudos yeah. to them because yeah. I ain't doing it. Yeah. But I appreciate yeah. you for sharing that. Yeah. But the results, man, I mean, to me, it's, 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 it's illustrative of when we walk through certain challenges, mm -hmm. it, it, it avails us to ourselves a, a version of ourselves that we didn't previously know. Like right. for the, 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 you having to introduce, going, going to nursing homes and introduce yourself, mm -hmm. walking through that resistance or that hesitation or that apprehension of going and introducing yourself and presenting yourself. Cause somebody mm -hmm. could just look at you and, and, and stare at you with, with crickets, but yeah. you, and it's cricket sounds, but you pushing past that, eventually it comes to a point where it's not even about them yeah. it's about what is this doing how is this and i don't mean like you want to serve them as a client i'm not i don't mean that it's not about them but i'm yeah. just talking about engaging those moments of difficulty how is this expanding me how is this creating to my my evolution so that's yeah. how i look at it now man like i incentivize myself whenever i have like some some difficult to do or it's challenging like i know that it's going to serve me I know yeah. that it's, I mean, assuming that it's worth it, right? Like you're not just yeah. going to step in front of a car just because it's difficult, but yeah. those things that are in alignment with the trajectory that you on and that you might have some resistance to man, pushing past that fear. Um, it's, 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 it's just releasing you to your God self. 
And, and I think I spent a lifetime shirking, make, becoming smaller, you know, like, yeah. uh, and, and, and removing myself from the opportunity of that growth, removing myself from that opportunity to become or move towards the highest version and expression of myself. So I always try to encourage, especially these young, co- these young kids, man, like, yeah, engage that difficult, man. Like it's, it's we, 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 the, the aversion of it in the moment, it feels good. Your ego make you think like, oh man, yeah, you didn't do that. That was good. You know, you safe and, but safe, man, to keep you nowhere, bro. <laughs> and it keep you nowhere. You know what I mean? Get nowhere at least that, not as man. far as not as far as you could have had you pushed through it. You yeah, know? you got you, yeah. What in entrepreneurship, like it, it pushes you to 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 get better as individually. Like, like again, you you mentioned it earlier. You got to be able to read people. You got to be able to build that rapport. You got to know how to serve the client. So you have so many factors, and you got to be able to kind of put it all together. It's not gonna be like that from day one. But as you continue to get more reps in, you start you start to get a formula of how to build these relationships, how to use the correct words in a sentence, how to approach a client. And at some point, you get to a point where it's like, oh, man, I'm, I'm in control. I'm in control of this entire situation. Like, you can yeah. be in a situation, which I've been learning recently. You can be in a situation, if you have a client reach out to you, I already know what I'm going to say offhand. Just off, just off just off the question that you're asking, I got a response for every one of those questions, and I know how to handle the situation, regardless of what situation it goes, and like I said, it doesn't happen overnight. Right. You got to, right. but the way, but the way you get to that point is you got to get out of that fear. You got to get out of that fear of hearing no, because quite frankly, you're going to hear no. <laughs> it just no if as a buzz about it. You're going yeah. to hear the no, so it's better to get those out the way. Yeah. Get the get get the. Uh, I know you, you start to get in your feelings about it, but get that out the way and then sit back and observe. Okay, what can I do to be better in this situation? What can I do to handle? this uh how, how could i handle that objection much better when they came across this okay so when the next conversation come about when i want to get these clients to if i want to do a walkthrough of their property if i want to know learn about why they want to sell their property initially this is how i'm gonna handle it in the next time moving forward mm-hmm. so it's all about it's all about give, getting those reps in and eventually like I say you're going to get better at some point yeah yeah absolutely but uh, other than that i do got to wrap up because i do got to hit the road but other than that, man, I want people to get in touch with you. How can they find you? Please plug in your social media. What do you have coming up? In the in, what do you have coming up soon? And let the people know how they can find you again. Yeah, well, I appreciate you, man, having me on here, man. This was this was this was an honor to have this conversation with you, man. And and uh, also wanted to salute and thank you, man, because the the information that you shared with me on Friday, um, I, I'm 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 going to follow through with that. Did, not to be all not to be all secretive, but I yes. I, I, I asked Rafael uh, about um, well, working with uh, Andre Hatchett, who's also one of the facilitators in our in our mastermind. So, and um, he shared with me the um, you know this sort of the, gave me a, a great overview of yes. uh, the the mobile notary business. So I want to incorporate that into you know as one of my income producing uh, skill sets. So appreciation appreciation for that man massively i I know that's gonna be great um so yeah man my social media uh yusuf underscore y-u-s-u-f underscore sharif 45 uh on ig um and i man 
I have a Twitter account. I don't, I don't remember, remember, remember my Twitter account. But, um, there, yeah, I know. I know. See, this is a, but um, as far as the coming year, man, um, you know, my company, Lotus Properties Group, uh, continuing to doing lead generation on the, on the wholesale side, but I'm also going to be incorporating uh, some Airbnb plays uh in Toro because so the, the 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 goal is to engage in some income producing uh activity mm-hmm. and then use that to 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 continue to to acquire real estate and to throw into real estate so this coming year man I'm 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 calling it it's gonna be uh my best year my best year yet for Lotus Properties Group. We claiming it yeah, we claiming it right now y'all heard it speaking into existence it's yours right. it's already yours just go get it Ask me about it, December 31st, 2020, 2022. You know what I mean? It's going to be there. Yeah, you're already claiming it, man. Until then, um, y'all, appreciate y'all for tapping in with the Stamper Podcast. Super salute to Yusef for blessing us with his wisdom, his knowledge, and his story. And until next time, y'all, Stamper checking out. Appreciate you, King.